welcome to the American Landscape Podcast, the behind-the-scenes fun and frivolity about our show. Today, I'm my, my name is Greg. I'm the host, and Richard is with us, the cameraman, producer, all kinds of stuff. And Mike, the sometimes comes along on the on the trips, and I don't know, will moder- sometimes yeah, moderate the podcast. Sure. You know? <laughs> does the webcam? You know, our website does does some technical behind-the-scenes. Push things, the recording so. button for this particular. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm getting a bunch of, you know, not to get off the track, but I'm getting a bunch of little uh, <coughs> notifications here on my Mac. Are you hearing that through the sound? No. No. Okay, good. All right. So uh, we said what name of the hide <laughs> heads. <coughs> Man, I've just had a cough today. You need to get a drink or something? Do I need to send the paramedics over to you? No, I've got a drink here. I just, uh, it's just been hitting me all day. I don't know what's going on. So, anyways, we are going to be talking about season one, episode five. Southwest Arizona Yuma Territorial Prison, and uh, you know, is this a single? Is this a single side episode? Yeah, you know that's the thing. Uh, um, the the docent, or I should say, the historian and archaeologist, I believe. Yeah, she, she was, was both. Yeah, was very informative and. I don't think there was an answer shorter than the seven <laughs> minutes we usually do. <laughs> and okay. it was really hard to cut cut her up because it was just so informative and so much rich, vibrant material. And but she I just had to, a lot of really good stories. Oh, oh she, she did. And there's there some colorful people that have been in this this uh, prison. But to back it up a little bit, before we get into you know the transportations, the routes, because there is kind of a funny story on uh, how we ended up getting there. Uh, Richard, you, this, this show was really a place you wanted to go. You introduced it to me. Um, I didn't know really much about it. You'd sent me some picture and it looked like just one. I really thought there was a ruin with one door cell left. That is about all it looked like. And then I saw Zach Bagans and those guys do a, um, ghost adventure there also. And it became a little more interesting to me, but, uh, so give us a little bit of background from your perspective, Richard is, one of the producers on the show, why we went here. <laughs> well, this was an area that I had visited in the past. You know, I always found it kind of interesting. And um, it's just right down there along the Colorado, down on the uh, southern border of Arizona. And it just had a really, like you said, it has a lot of interesting characters, had a lot of rich history with it. And there's more than just the one door. They actually have quite a little bit set up in there. And then later on, it well, this goes into the story of the prison itself. It becomes a high school. Yeah, that that is kind of a funny backstory. And and they're named the crim the their mascots the criminals. Yeah. <laughs> and, and get this. This is what's even funnier now. I mean, this this great let's say rich tradition has started. They they I think people said called them the criminals kind of um derogatorily at the beginning and then they kind of adopted it is the way i understood it but at present games if you go to youtube and and type in yuma yuma high school criminals when they <laughs> open a game up the cops drive up out in the field they've got a mascot that's like in the prison garb with the black and white, ball and white chains. nice they they literally deliver the cops deliver the team, and it's it's a crack up. I, I don't think this would ever fly in California with this sensitive sensitive snowflakes out here. But um, I'm grateful 
glad that you must held on to this. It it sounds like a riot to be at one of those games. So, <laughs> okay, so that's kind of the back uh, backstory. So, method of transportation used was uh, Richard's gas guzzling vehicle, which was hey, fine. It's a great truck. Uh, I'm not saying anything against it. It just you know guzzles gas like. Uh, well, I just lost the analogy of someone who guzzles booze. But are, are you uh, are you advocating for an electric vehicle? Absolutely not. Though, <laughs> if, if, you want uh, some if Elon Musk is listening, I will definitely see if the uh, SUV model, what is it, the Model, model X, X uh, yeah. if it could live up to its hype and get off the beaten path and stay charged and um, get us to our locations, I will more than happy you know give you a little feedback on the show. Uh, but anyway, so the funny thing is not necessarily how we got. Well, it is kind of how we got there. Well, it, it, we it, it we needed a, well, we needed a cable. Uh, for I forgot what reason. Well, there was a, a cable we wanted. So there was a place closer to me. I'm in Huntington, and we found out it was on a for whatever reason it was it was closed. And Richard's like, I know this place. It's out in Anaheim. So we drive out there. It's way freaking out of the way. Okay, oh, but how, way how, how way. far out of the way between your start and end point is Anaheim, really? Okay, but follow me for well, a second here. Okay. So yeah, this, this does, the, okay. Well, hold we can on, look back and laugh now at this. Yeah. But. The the path should have been from my place to go down the four hundred five to the five. And of course, we're in California. We don't use names of these freeways. We say the in front of everything for the freeway numbers. We're going to go. Uh, bypass San Diego, hit the eight. Oh, yeah, we'll take the eight hundred five to the okay. eight. Across. Oh, that that okay. would have been our quickest route, no more than two hours. But no, we didn't go that route. For one, Richard wanted to go to this cable, this this like Marvac type place out in Anaheim, which is in the opposite direction in my mind, but he's remember, and here's something we discovered oh. and we made a mistake, hold on Richard, that we made a mistake on. I'm looking when I'm looking for my route, you know, of course I go check ways, I check Google I check remembering which ways I've gone before from my location. So Richard does the same thing but he's north of me so it would make more sense when you're maybe 12, 13 miles north it might make more sense to cut across, let's say, the 91, where from down from me, where I'm yes. two skips and a jump yes. from the 405, just to jump on the 405. It was, by the map, much faster now that we're in Huntington sure, sure. to go the south route. Well, we didn't do that. And then the 91 was a parking lot that day. It got to the point where, okay, so we had a third person with us. Uh, Spencer was with us as our PA tech uh, gopher, whatever. Uh, basically, we were on the freeway so long, we were about to have to crack open a can or a bottle <laughs> to let him do, you know, his this, business because he was hopping in the back. Of where the car. was this cable place? Richard, you know you were the it's, one. That, it's Orvax, right over here Orvax. on uh, on uh, yeah, Orange. Uh, what is that? Where, is that Orange Thorpe. That's Orange Thorpe over there. Orange Thorpe and what? Orange Thorpe and it's just the other side of Lemon. So why didn't you just get back on the five freeway 
and go through Orange County the way you're supposed Be, to go. Because he knew better. So you stuck on the 91 to the 15? I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that sarcastically. Wait, wait, wait. No, we, I, I suggested to go back down the 5. So what'd you do? 91 to 15? No, 91 to the 10. <laughs> down to 111. <laughs> okay, this two hour wait, wait. this two That's hour drive Seth, that is so Richard us, to the one eleven. Holy smokes, yeah. you see it by the Salton Sea, right? <laughs> it took us four hours to do a two hour drive. Oh my gosh! And then you and we, had pl- <laughs> we we had to call our contact in Yuma because we'd planned to be there in the daylight and possibly shoot well, something. And then you could play what well, I want to get there forget. most directly. <laughs> Let's not forget, I also took the day off, but somebody was finishing off some stuff, and then we had to catch up with somebody else that you had to meet up with before we could leave, before we could go get the cable, too. 10 to one eleven. So I was planning to leave at noon. So I, I actually did want to go to the place. It's in uh, it's in Newport or Santa Ana. We'd been going in the direction, but he, he's like, oh, I know, no, I know this place. I, we, we, well, did we went jump. to that one we, store you picked out, and it was closed. And we, we went did, to another. We went to two, we went to another store that didn't have the cable. Uh, the store that you're speaking of, we went to on a day we weren't shooting. It was closed on a Sunday, but we we tried Best Buy because Best Buy is real quick. It's close. They didn't have it. So so why did you go all the way to the ten? Why didn't you cut across the sixty? Ask well, we did. Driver. We did cut across the sixty <laughs> to the ten. Okay, so you went to Moreno Valley in the Badlands. We went through the Badlands. Yeah. Okay, but anyways, okay, okay. you know. So then, one, we, we, so one eleven all the way to past Salton Seed on the Interstate Eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the so, longest drive to Yuma, Arizona, you'll take in your life. So, did you go? Uh, did, you, did you swing through El Centro and see the Navy Blue Angels in their winter home? It was dark. <laughs> okay. Again, the time, the because time we, we sat left at four in the afternoon. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. All right, so let's get back but, on track. All right, so, so four-hour drive. So, so that's the route we took. There were no side trips except to allow Spencer to Use the relieve his bladder. <laughs> and, and us, too. To st- well, at that point, you might as well. Yeah, um, you got to stop for one. you got to stop for everybody, yeah. Yeah, you, you take advantage of your stops because you don't know when you're stopping again. Well, and, and, and you uh, don't want to be blamed for it for the next sure, time, right? Sure, And a slight, you know, off the road to get something to eat at a truck stop subway. Because once you get down that way, there ain't much to stop at. Nothing. You know, it's you're out in the middle of nowhere. Well, okay, so but you're stopping in decent sized civilization like there's Brawley out there, El well, Centro. We, yeah, I'm not sure why we didn't stop in Indio or uh, Palm Springs or any yeah, other. Yeah, you had, you had to drive through. Well, a couple of casinos we passed. I, oh, you took the 111. Yeah, it drives right through yeah. Palm Springs, Cat City, yeah. Palm yeah. Desert. Yeah, yeah, all that. All right. Yeah. So I don't remember why, but we. You know, and again, we had to cancel, potentially cancel something that we were trying to get there early enough to do. But, you know, regardless, it, it happened. We can laugh about it now. Uh, we did not take that route home. No, we didn't. <laughs> so, anyways, so by this show, we have changed equipment we're using. Uh, this is the first shoot we're using the DVX 200. Very nice <laughs> camera. 4K Panasonic camera. Now we were planning, <laughs> we can mention this again. We were planning to use this type of camera, not this one, because the one we were we tried to use at the museum of the Forgotten Warriors on episode three um, got stolen on my son's car when his car got broken too. But he brought it with him. 
because you know we had to reshoot that one. And guess what? Forgot his batteries. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this is the time, first time we actually get to use the DVX 200. I'm like, finally, we're, we're shooting 4K, though we're still releasing HD. Allows me a little, you know, latitude and editing. Uh, so we got the 4K. We've we've got the Panasonic DVX 200. A uh, little bit of iPhone video. Uh, some I, I had my Canon 5D Mark II still shots here and there mixed into the editing. We've got our Xilite, uh, though I don't think we were always using the Xilite because Richard's got some flat panels and he had his uh, PA was holding it for some fill light. Though at one point the PA just walked off and I didn't even know. I'm, I'm thinking I'm talking to the lady. The light changed. Wonder what happened. And there was a slight. There was a cut for some reason. I turned around and there's no PA holding the holding the light anymore. I guess he was feeling ill and and he just walked away. Uh, lessons learned. He got a you know I think Richard corrected him about you know how to bow out and something like that. Um, so what else were we using, Richard? We didn't really need to uh, pull we, sticks we out. Used, we, we, we weren't using the Xilite yet. We were using a flat panel on the camera, but that just is too much of a, uh, it washes things too much and well, it's we, too much. It's too easy that it showed, it showed up in the uh, back. I've had the Xilite for a year and a half here. I'm not sure why. I think you liked your flat panel better, but I liked, I liked the flat panel a little bit better, but it seemed to diffuse time, a little better. No. The Xilite's kind of small and direct, if I'm re re recalling well, form factor. The, the Xilite's become the, the thing we're using now because yeah. it can be dimmed. It can change color. You can, oh. you know, block it with its uh, – it's Vans. got a diffuser. It's got uh, – the, the big thing – the big reason we didn't the use the Xilite on this shoot was because of where did we – where could we put it. We were trying to balance the camera on the easy rig and – uh, oh, that's the, right. You, you felt it was like in the, the way, and, and the Xilite would get in the way of each other. We've since corrected that to where we've balanced the camera further to the. We've uh, moved weight further to the rear, so I can put the Xilite in front of the Easy Rig handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, but you know, we did. You know, this is something we're learning as we're taking people who never really worked in the industry, or they're going to school. You know, there's certain etiquettes you got to do while you're, let's say, um, on set. Like, don't walk off and not tell anybody. I'd rather be interrupted and stop, have to restart, you know, because you feel like you're going to faint rather than wonder what happened to the light. And then, you know, now you're way down the line and you can't turn around. But that that I think we got fixed. Um, still wanted to train him to do the releases. I'm still doing the releases. Um I don't know what – so everybody's still shy, shy about doing the releases. Well, it's funny it, – you, you got to ask people to. Well, it wasn't that. It was like I and I walked them through the software. I just I don't know. Uh, maybe it, maybe it is the contact part. Maybe you're right because yeah, you got to go ask them all these questions. Maybe people aren't comfortable with that. But not, not to um, not to spoil anything in the future. But you know the last the last gig I helped you guys on, I I felt weird asking these old guys that you have no idea what their technology exposure is. Yeah. To form a signature with their finger. Yeah. You know. You know so, Believe it or not, that can be what I found. Okay, see, we're using Easy Release on the uh, iPad, and when you bring that sign screen up, you know, this, most of the screen is black, and there's a small gray area across the bottom. Almost every single one of them try to, they start to do it in the black area. 
<laughs> and I'm always like, no, it's the gray area. So you know what I think we need to do, Mike? This, uh, and I've got a few pins that have the little rubber, you know, um, end of it. Oh yeah, yeah. The stylus, stylus. I've tried using those rubber ones, and it's hard to sign with those things. But you know, that's that's what the styluses don't work on the iPad. At least not my iPad. I, I need more of the rubber one, and they I've, they've been fine for me. But that might be a little better but you know i tell them don't worry about it put an x as far as i'm yeah. concerned you know you're just ignore because i i used to ask everybody for their um there's a spot for their age and ask them when they're born and but there's then i found a check mark for adult yeah <laughs> so adult no i don't need that other stuff you know yeah but, uh, and sometimes now i'm pre-filling as much as i can out because i what i found is Especially if the individual runs a place, even if they're just a manager, you just want us to put uh, the business as your contact address. And they're like, yeah, that's good. Then you don't have to get too personal with, um, you know, personal addresses and, 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 and that kind of really, thing. Really, the, the purpose of the release is to just cover your own butt. It is. You know, if we get distribution and stuff, you know, your average YouTube show, I bet you 99% of them don't ask for this crap. But we want to be above board. We want we're looking for distribution, and we want to show that we we're conforming. We know how to do all this stuff. You know, dot dot our eyes, cross our t's, that kind of thing. Um, <coughs> so did we uh, skip? Oh, you know, I, I have to admit, and Richard and I have this argument a lot. Like whose equipment? And it's like, well, we don't need those big flat panels. I've got this. No, I like this one. No, no, no. Use so this you one. I end like up this. taking everything. <laughs> we end up taking a lot, and. Because there is some personal preference, and uh, you know, I look in. Hey, I made some big investments. He looks in. I made some investments, or I got some free stuff. You know, whatever it is, um, there's some personal preference there. So, uh, but, but it's it's always fun to look back on for that kind of thing. So I can't think. I don't think we pulled the sticks out for this. I, I think most of it was all handheld or easy rig. Uh, and it was. See, was this the first show too, Richard? We used our new. Uh, uh, Sennheiser oh. microphones. No more. No, no uh, more popping oh, wait. mic packs. Um, no more popping mic packs. No, no. Yeah, the new. Uh, uh, what is it? AVX. The Sennheiser AVX. AVX. Uh, yeah, I want to say yes on this one. Man, these things are well worth the investment. They're a little pricey, but they are nice. Now I'm still using. Um, at least for me, we don't always put it on the guest, but I use um, uh, Q Audio mics. They're really teeny tiny. I mean, they're you can hide them behind a button. I mean, they're 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 super small, uh, got pretty good sound. And then the Sennheisers all came with a you know Sennheiser mic that's a little bigger. But on the guest, that's usually what we um, we've been clipping to the guest. But they're very compact. They fit on the camera, so it's not like you're carrying an extra pack with it or even really any extra weight with it. Uh, it comes – the body packs are very uh, compact with a hard, small uh, quarter-wave antenna on it. So it's not something that – with the uh, older Sennheisers, we had the flexible antennas. And we're always concerned if that starts moving around, it would pop on us a little bit. These don't do that. It's, they're very nice uh, microphone setup. Yeah, we got to remember too. We, I jumped from Sennheiser G1 first generation, which were metal, a little heavier, but they were dur durable all get go. Used uh, nine volts, and you know these 
these are all little power packs. Uh, you can um, put double A's in the receiver, or I mean the transmitter, not the receiver. Uh, but <coughs> excuse me, they're they're yeah, they're really nice because the receiver on the camera, you you can twist. You know, they'll turn, so you can get them in the right position on the on the camera. And yeah, and the packs are tiny, so they hide real easily. Though. You know, looking back, and you know, Richard and I have talked about this, and he's like, "Why did I do that?" And I'd be like, "I don't know," because he <laughs> usually wires the guys up, and you see the cable running the, down the guy's back to the pack. Versus, you know, can you drop this down your shirt uh, or something like that? So when we get an occasional shot from the side or the rear, you see this cable going down the the guy's uh, back. But I think that only happened back. once on. Uh, there's three. The last three shows are all like that, but are they? you know, I digress. Uh, <laughs> I say it's it's a learning process, but I, I like to try to hide them if possible. So that that covers all of our equipment, I think. Um, but yeah, those AVX uh, Sennheisers, I I highly recommend them if you can afford them. I think they were about seven seven fifty per set, something like that. Uh, but well, well 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 worth it. Um, so now we're we're kind of talking about our show details, how we filmed. Well, we uh, we pointed the camera in the direction of the guy talking, and that's you know. <laughs> um, well, no, you've already kind of covered it. It's been you know no tripod. Uh, yeah, yeah, we kind of did. The, you said we, you picked up some you know still shots to blend in here and there. I mean, uh, yeah, you yeah. Feel, and, what, and, what time of day? What time? What, so oh, we got there really early in the morning, so didn't because we? Because you, yeah. you missed your afternoon appointment time. You started in the morning. No, no, we, this one, we didn't miss any. No, no, the, the, no, the we, afternoon we missed was to drive out there on the four-hour drive to yeah. the two-hour location. We got out there at 6.30 in the morning. But you said you had to phone somebody. No, yeah, that was that, that was, was on the way there. And what, yeah, what person that, we did were you going, phone? We were going to try to meet up with uh, folks from the Historical Society of Yuma. Oh, okay, they have okay. both a historical bus uh, walking tour and a ghost walking tour, and we were going to talk with them. But you scrapped that. Yeah, we just didn't have yeah. One, okay. one was like a, a bar hopping tour. I misunderstood. Um, yeah, they got a bar hopping tour too. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you got so, there first thing um, in the morning. Yeah. Well, the thing was they wanted us to kind of get in and out before the public, which was fine for us because we then you don't have to deal with any, you know, noise and and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, it was a typical kind of walk and talk interview. Uh, not so much walk in here as. Uh, you know, stand here, let's talk. Move over here, let's talk. Uh, didn't do as much of the walk and talk at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then we avoided the heat because of the – I would say this is a place you want to go in the winter or the spring, not not in the high heat of the summer. And problems we encountered really not a lot. Uh, you know, I'm – you know, Richard will tell you that I'm, you know, super, super – picky on the shots and sometimes you know i wish i'd got this wish i got that it's, it's a like you say it's a learning process we're almost there but overall i think uh it went really you know really really well as far as coverage and everything um no missing yeah, shots no no get in the editing bay and oh my gosh i've we forgot to get this Oh, there's uh, always be that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a little bit of that. So, of course, I go try to find some historic photos to do some coverage. Um, this one I did a lot of lower thirds, and then I had to back off because it got just, I think, too many. Uh, like she would say, well, 
this is Gunslinger Joe. So, you know, lower thirds for Gunslinger Joe and the years and that kind of thing. Uh, but the biggest, I mean, I probably the biggest problem we encountered on this was the PA walking off in the middle of an interview yeah, yeah, and the light the source was disappearing, you know, P, the PA was not with it that day. So, Oh, there, there is one funny other one. And this was my faux pas. So I'm trying to remember to take a group picture every, everywhere we go. So they've got a really cool sign. This is Yuma territorial prison. There's like a, there's a ball and chain hooked to it and everything set my camera and my 5d on a tripod. And it's, I don't know, somewhere in the back of my mind, I was thinking that uh, the timer was going to, you know, do a quick autofocus on the center point and take the picture. So we've got two nice, really blurry group pictures <laughs> of us at the sign because the idiot behind the camera uh, forgot to, to turn on autofocus. It. Well, no, there, the autofocus was on, but you have to have, you know, like press the button halfway. To oh, yeah, yeah, to have, get it to know. engage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got so used to just carrying the iPhone around sometimes and just pointing it or timing, you know, you don't have to. Dumbass, a big dumb move by me. Uh, so we kind of learned from that. We learned with the PA to talk to him about not walking off, um, that kind of a thing. And then uh, we didn't meet a lot of people here other than uh, the main woman we interviewed, which I don't have her. I didn't write her name down uh, uh, to find it talking to her. But this, this woman is very knowledgeable, very smart. Like I say, archaeologist, historian, and she told great stories. Really interesting Tina Clark. stuff. Tina Clark. There you go. Yeah. And I went back now. Uh, recently, I was in Arizona, and on the way back, and I usually don't do this, but my wife wanted to go to the see the prison. She goes. She goes. You know, she watches and checks some of my edits and wishes she had went. So uh, at least I'm inspiring one person to go to places. So on the way back from Phoenix, we drove. Yeah. Well, no, she likes to go to these places. So like on the way back from Phoenix, we could have just drove the tin home. No, no. She wanted to go out there. So we drove all the way down to Yuma on the way back, uh, went there. And there was a there was a movie in a side room that we didn't really do anything about. And it was Tina's telling like the story of the prison in there. Um, Even more information. I mean, uh, there's stuff we couldn't put on the show. Eventually, we'll start our you know, like editing room floor cuts of all the extra information on the website uh, someday. Because uh, there, sometimes we just, we got to drop a lot of stories because we had planned to do this and uh, Castle Dome City as a combo show. And actually we wanted to do some stuff around uh, Yuma to do the three-part show. It just, there's, her first story was, I think, close to seven minutes. We just, we just couldn't cut it down. Um, cause we ended up going, I found out some of my relatives are buried in the pioneer cemetery in Yuma. So we went out, we found them. Uh, I had old historic pictures from like the early 1900s. Uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. We actually went out cause I, by the census reports, I had the addresses of the homes they lived in. So we found those addresses and one of them, the home was still still a lot or still there the other one was an empty lot which happened to be right next door to this church that tina and her husband owned because i said something about well you know one lived at this address i said yeah we found this nice cute little church next to it she goes oh my husband and i own that church uh so weird kind of small world in 
Yeah, I say the uh, the cemetery was interesting because it's the Pioneer Cemetery, and then it's still the city cemetery right next to it. I mean, you would think it was one single cemetery, but no. The current city cemetery is this nice green lawn, all these nice little plaques and everything. You go literally across the other side of the road, it's all dirt, scrub brush. You got wooden sticks for uh, tombstones and everything. I mean, it's Pioneer, but it's the real thing out there. It, You know, and what's funny about it, though it is, they call it the Pioneer, there are, I don't want to call them modern graves, but there are still be, people being people buried being- in it. In that but area, it, yeah. it kind of yeah, kind of reminds you of the one you might have saw in Knott's Berry Farm or Calico. You know, it's really rugged, and you drive down a dirt road, and there's an opening into the the green one. And I had a couple relatives over on the green side too that we actually had to go in, ask where it was, and even after they gave us, oh, it's right here. It wasn't. We took a little bit of. A we walked time. up and down these things looking for it. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, so, yes. I was just going to say real quick, I was just going to put my one last thought on the um, one spot I did enjoy filming was in the uh, solitary confinement area oh, with all yeah. the bats. That was fun, annoying the bats with the lights and getting them to fly in front of the camera. Yeah, and you didn't get any guano on you, so that was that No, was I didn't. But it was fun because I, it doesn't bother me. They, they don't bother, but I had other people that were coming in looking at this and screaming when the bats were run, flying around on there. Yeah, because by the time we got done with the B-roll, the guests were in, uh, but that was fine. So any um, suggestions for visiting this location other than not driving four hours on a two-hour trip? <laughs> try, try, uh, try to find a more direct route, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, for No, uh, just plan to spend at least uh, a couple hours here. Well worth it. Um, it's like, like we said, it's just not part of the old – wild west with the prison but it still has a couple of humorous stories that are still being used even to this day yeah and, and they did have a little graveyard adjacent to it we didn't go down there we took some pictures from it's it's like located down the hill a little bit but there are there yuma itself has a nice downtown district some nice restaurants were down there uh there's an old train by one of the um uh hotels there's an historic bridge there that's got a story yes, behind it. I almost um, forgot about that. It's the first bridge to go across the Colorado River. Yeah, and it's right next to the prison. You can see yep. it. Uh, in fact, some of the prison ground was lost to the train right away when they, they were building that. So there's a lot there uh, going on. And then our next show is going to be at a location that's, you know, was an hour outside of the outside yeah, of Yuma. An hour. <laughs> So there's there's a decent. I didn't think we'd, I didn't think we'd. It would take much time to do the prison, and and I'm I'm finding this as a surprise in a few things, and we got some upcoming shows where I'll, I told Richard I said ah, this place will probably take us like a half an hour. We were there hours, and then I had a hard time cutting it down, and and you would not think they are. So these are like little gems, you know that. You might see this sign at the road saying, "Oh, Yuma Territorial Prison." You go, how how much could that be? You know, but then that's um, that's what the show is all about to find all these old yeah. places. So it was it was very cool. It's a really good place to visit uh, if you're traveling through. You know, uh, stop. It's, it's really interesting, and you can almost stand in two states at one time. <laughs> well, swim across them. Yeah, if you're into that kind of stuff. Uh, so okay, so I don't think there's really any additional tidbits to ask, uh, add, add to this. We've really kind of uh, thrown a lot at you here. So 
I would say this would be a good time to wrap it up and say goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>